like he said earlier, you know, uh, like Brother Jeff said, you know, they're trying to take the blood out of the, out of the Bible. If you take the blood out of the Bible, what's use the Bible? Because, you know, <laughs> that's what it's all about, the blood sacrifice. Leads up from the Old Testament, the blood sacrifice, all the way up to the New Testament where Jesus is the blood sacrifice that we can have eternal life. So, you know, you take the blood out, you might as well just close your Bible because that is the, the most main part. Some people think, you know, well, that's a little bit gross to be thinking about that. Well, you got it running through your veins, and how can it be that bad? So, but anyway, we thank God for that blood of Jesus Christ. Thank God for the singing this morning. And, and uh, so, you know, God has really, really just blessed us with a great song leader and a great band and, and a great choir, and we just thank God so much for them, for, for what they do and the time that they put in. But if you got your Bibles this morning, if you turn with us to uh, 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 Matthew chapter 17, we're going to talk a little bit about the mountaintop experience. I know that, you know, we all need that mountaintop experience and in order to face the trials in the valley. And sometimes, you know, we think once we get on the mountaintop, you know, that Oh, everything's going good. We don't need God. But can I tell you, that's when you need God the most. That's when you need to give him the praise, the honor, and the glory that he deserves. Because, you know, he gets us through these valleys to get us on the mountaintop. We grow in the valleys. I mean, when in the valleys, we get, you know, we grow in faith and we grow in spirit and everything. For us, the mountaintop, you don't grow a whole lot on the mountaintop. Your growth comes from the valleys. The mountaintops are for praise and thanking God for for what he's done and what he's brought you through. But but before we get started, I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. And God, I thank you, Lord, for each one that's gathered. I pray that you'll just bless your holy word. God, I pray, Father, that you'd use me, God, as a as a vessel, God, for uh, for you, God, that you'd just uh, put me beside to hide me and hide me and let me uh, just, just, just use me to glorify your name and God, I thank you, Lord, for your word, for your holy, sweet word. Just go with us through this day, Father, through this service. May your will be done and everything is said or done. Lord, I love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, in Matthew chapter 16, we're talking about the, the disciples, three of the disciples especially, Peter, James, and John. These are the three that's the innermost disciples. And, and you know, and, and now somebody said, well, why did God choose these three disciples, did Jesus three, choose these three to go up on the Mount of Transfiguration? Well, I tell you what, because these three are the most closest to Jesus. And, and we see here that uh, leading up to it in chapter number 16, we see, that, we see that these three disciples, you know, especially Peter, they was, he was always asking questions. Peter was always putting his foot in his mouth. Everything that he did, you know, Peter would do it, but can I tell you, I think probably we need more Peters in the world today than we, than we have because Peter is the one that, you know, he is the one that actually, uh, uh, he is the one that actually brought all this aside. I think Jesus probably used Peter especially to take them up on the Mount of Transfiguration because in chapter number 16, CJ touched on some of this Wednesday night on 16, but, but you know, we're going we're gonna to touch on the other parts of it to where actually Jesus was, uh, uh, was, uh, 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 was telling the disciples, you know, that he was going to have to go away. He was telling them, you know, that he was going to be crucified and, and that he was going to die and, and that he was 
was going to be buried and be in the ground for three days and it's going to rise again. But, you know, they couldn't believe this because, you know, they knew that he was Christ because God had just, just asked him. He said, who do people, who do people say that I am? He said, he said, some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say that you're Elijah. And some say you're Jeremiah. He said, but he said, who do you say that I am? And just a few verses over in chapter number 16, Peter says, you are the Son of God. You are the living Son of God. You are the Christ, the Messiah. And what did, what did Jesus say to him? He said, blessed thou be barn, barn, uh, barn, uh, barn, blessed thou be Barjonas. I can't get it out, but blessed thou be. He said, today, he said, I will give you the keys to heaven. And, and you know, he got on, on Jesus' good side because he, he, saw, so he knew that he was the Christ. But then on down the road, what did he do? Peter began to rebuke him because Jesus said, I'm going to have to go away. I'm going to be killed by the uh, Romans and by the, by the Jews. I'm going to be slayed. I'm going to be crucified. And I'm going to be buried for three days. And then I'm going to rise again. And, and Peter spoke up and says, no, it's nonsense. You can't. There's nothing like that going to happen. And what did Jesus call him? Call, Jesus called him a devil. He said, get ye behind me, Satan. It's just a few verses over. He was giving him the key to the kingdom. And now then Peter had done turned around. And Jesus knew that he really wasn't ready. He knew that he needed some more teaching. So the Bible says in, in, in chapter number 17, he said, after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart. Now, when Jesus took those three, the three of them, he took them into a, a mountain high up. In other words, uh, the mountain was, was high. I mean, you go up into some of these mountains and you get into the elevation of where you're in the clouds. And that's what Jesus wanted to do is take them up high enough to where they would be in the clouds, where they would be apart from all of the other people. Everything, all every disturbance, everything that was around, they would be away from that so he could perform his glory to them to try to convince Peter and James and John that he was the Christ, that he was going to be crucified, that he was going to be buried, and he was coming again the third day. And so he took them high on that mountain. What did he say? He said he took them alone. He said they was apart. There was nobody else there with them. It was just Peter, James, and John. And Jesus was the only ones up there. And why did he take them up on the high mountain? Oh, because it's closer to heaven. You get higher, you get the closer, you get to heaven. And the clouds, you know, some of those mountains, the peaks of them, I don't know how high they are, probably about 33,000 feet, some of them. But can I tell you, that is on the high mountain. And why did Jesus want to take them up there? So he could prove to them that he was the Christ. He could prove to him that he was going to be crucified. He could prove to them that he he was the Son of God, and, and that's why he took him up. But it said he took him up there on the high mountain apart. There was nobody else there. It was just Peter, James, and John, and Jesus. Would you agree on chapter 1? That's all it was that went up there, was Peter, James, and John, and Jesus. But can I tell you, when we get on down, we're going to see that there was more that showed up on that mountain of transfiguration than those four did, that Jesus and the three disciples. Because he says in verse number 2, he said, and was transfigured. Now, transfigured means a change from the inside out. 
the change of the form. In other words, Jesus, when he was up on that mountain, he was transfigured. The glory of God, he, he either, the glory of God shined through that earth suit or he peeled back that earth suit and let the glory of God shine to prove that he was Jesus. Now, where was they at? They was in a cloud, right? They was in a cloud, and that cloud glowed like the sun. You know, it was brighter than the noonday sun. The glory of God, the Shekinah glory of Jesus Christ came through and shined through for them. And, and you know, sometimes if you see that, if I'd have seen that, you know, if I didn't believe in God at that time, I would have been a strong believer in them, knowing that I have seen the Shekinah glory of God, knowing that I have seen Jesus, and I have seen God, and I know that they are the they are one the Father, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, because they're all there together. And he says also, he was transfigured before them, and their faces did shine as a sun, and his face shine as a sun, and his raiment was white as a light. Can I tell you, when his face, is, his face shined as a sun, oh, his raiments were so white, and, and you know, we know that that sometimes, you know, uh, we, we know that, that when we get to heaven, you know, we're going to sit at the feet of Jesus. And, and what is he going to look like? Well, the Bible says, I believe his raiment is going to be white. I believe it's going to be brighter than the noonday sun. And I believe it's going to be the, the Shekinah glory that we see of Jesus Christ, the Shekinah glory of God that we'll be sitting in front of. This is the same Shekinah glory of God that knocked, Jesus, that knocked Saul off of, the, off of the donkey over in the, or either he was a dog just knocked him on the ground anyway when he was over in the, uh, uh, on the road to Damascus when he was over fixing to take all of these papers to get all these Jews all of these Jesus worshipers that he called them he was taking them to put them in jail and some of them to kill them but you know he was he was sure he was ready to go he was all ready to go before he got to Damascus what happened to him? There was a bright light in noonday. It was brighter than the noonday light. And what was that light? It was the same light that Jesus is shedding right here. It was the same light that knocked him on the ground. It was the same light that they had seen, you know. And what did it do to Paul? To Saul, it knocked him on the ground. It blinded him. But can I tell you, Saul was the only one to seen that light. There was a voice. Come out of the light, said, Saul, Saul, why did thou persecute me? Oh, he said, Lord, Lord. And he knew it was Jesus. He knew that was the Shekinah glory. That is the same glory that's on the mantle of transfiguration. That is the same glory that he is, uh, that these men are seeing, uh, Peter, James, and John. They see the Shekinah glory, the same glory that was so bright that knocked Saul down on the ground and, and the other, and, and, and the other, the men that was with him, the servants, uh, you know, they say they, they heard some voices, but they didn't see nothing. Who do you think that Shekinah glory was meant for? It was meant for Saul. It was meant for Saul to make him a believer because what did, what did Jesus tell Ananias? He said, I want you to go down there and I want you to, uh, Saul, he's praying. I want you to go down there and I want you to pray with him. I want you to tell him about me. I want you to, uh, to win him over to me. And he said, oh, but this Saul, he was, a, you know, he was a mean man. He's trying to kill everybody that, that loved Jesus. And uh, but Jesus said, 
go down to him. So when Ananias went down to him and began to pray with him, the scales were lifted from his eyes. He began to see the light. And you know, he could sing just like old Hank Williams did. I saw the light. I saw the light. But can I tell you, he saw the real light. He saw the light of the Shekinah glory, the light of God that shined upon him. And there's a same light that shined off in heaven on the Mount of Transfiguration. The same light that shined upon Peter, James, and John. It's the same one. And, and out of that light, you know, that same light, it was the same light that led the children of Israel through the wilderness. It was their, it was a fire by light, light and it was a cloud by day. The Shekinah glory led them through. It's the same light, the same Shekinah glory that, that, that after they got into, into the temple, they, the same Shekinah glory went into the, into the Holy of Holies and stood over the, uh, stood over the mercy seat. It's the same Shekinah glory. The same one. You go back. There's not but one Shekinah glory. Oh, the light that shined. And what will it be, you know, when we get to heaven? What does the Bible say? He said there'll be no need. There'll be no need for sun. There'll be no need for the moon. There'll be no need for a candle. There'll be no need for any kind of flashlight, anything like that. Because he said God will be the light. He will be the Shekinah glory. We will shine forever and ever. But we see here, we see here it's the same Shekinah glory that uh, Moses, when he went up on the mountain, Oh, and he stayed up there for 40 days and 40 nights getting the, getting the, the, the ordinances, getting all the, getting all the uh, commandments from God. He stayed up there so long that his countenance, oh, his face began to uh, glow, you know. It began to glow like the, like the sunlight. Oh, and now he stayed in so long. And I tell you, it's good, you know. Sometimes I see men of God, you know, that, that they was, uh, you know, they're all sold out to God and, Sometimes I wish that I could be as, as sold out as they were, but sometimes you just want to kind of hang around them a little bit to see if some of that glory that's on them will rub off on you. That's where, that's where Moses, when he, when he stayed in the mountain so long with God, the Shekinah glory came off on him, and he glowed. The Bible said his face glowed, and when he got back down, he started to talking to the people down there, and they could not see him for the glow that was coming off of his face, and so they had to put a veil over his face before he could actually talk to them. That's the kind of glory. That's the glory that the James and John and Peter are seeing on a mountain. That's the glory, I believe, that when you and I, when we get to heaven, Oh, that's the glory that we see. That we will see the Shekinah glory of God. And I think that is the glory, you know, that they're seeing right here. They're getting a little taste of heaven right here. God just giving him a, them a little bit taste of what it's going to be like on the other side when they leave this world, when he dies and he is rose again and comes back. Comes back. He's giving them just a glimpse of what it's going to be like. Oh, but look what he says. Oh, he says in the raiments was as white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto him Moses and Elijah uh, talking with him. Oh, can I tell you, why Moses and Elijah? Oh, because they are the two witnesses. Oh, you go over to chapter number 11, over in the Revelations, and you can read about that. You can read about the, uh, the two witnesses, which are actually Moses and Elijah. You know, because uh, Moses actually represents the law. 
And Elijah represents the prophets. What did Jesus Christ come to do? Jesus Christ come to fulfill the law and to fulfill the prophets and to nail those ordinances on his cross. So that's what it comes for, and that's what they were seeing. You know, they were seeing these uh, uh, these two prophets. They they were seeing Elijah. They were seeing Moses, and and they wondered. You know, Moses actually was a was a picture of uh, uh, people that had died and went up to heaven because you know he, Moses had he led the children of Israel through the wilderness over to the promised land. God would not let him go in because of sin that he did, because of rebellion that he did, and so God would let him go up on Mount Pisgah and. And let him look over and see the promised land. But God says, you're not going into it, Moses. And God took him. And, and where his body is, nobody ever knew. Because, because Satan and, and Michael, they, they battled over where the body was. Satan wanted the body of Moses, but he never found it. But then, uh, then we see Elijah. How did he get to heaven? How did he get up there? He did not die. That is a picture of the ones that's raptured. So when, when Paul and James and John, when Peter, James, and John looked upon them two right there, they realized that there was ones that was died with, in, the, in the Lord Jesus Christ and was lifted up to heaven. And there was the ones, you know, of the rapture when Jesus Christ comes back and lifts us all up. There was a picture of both the death and the, and the resurrection. There was a picture of both of the, of the uh, 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 rapture of the church because there was both there. Oh, but can I tell you, there was a lot. There was a lot in that picture that I could see. There was a lot there. And it was just a picture of heaven. It's just a picture of what goes on in heaven. And he said also, he says, And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Oh, I imagine probably they was, uh, 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 Luke gives an account that, that they was asleep and, and when they'd opened their eyes, they could see these two men uh, talking to, to Jesus. But anyway, no matter which one says what, but they actually seen these two. They seen Elijah and they seen Moses talking with Jesus. What was they talking about? They were probably talking about the, the death of Jesus, how that was going to go down. And they was talking, probably talking about the second coming of Jesus when he comes back again and they were probably talking about them being actually the two witnesses that's going to stand up for God in the, in the days of the tribulation when Jesus Christ calls us out of here. They're going to be the two witnesses that are that goes out for three and a half years and they witness for Christ. They try to win people to God and then after three and a half years that's when the, that's when the uh, perdition that's when the, uh, the devils come, the, 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 the beast comes out of the bottomless pit and he slays these two witnesses and what happened to these two witnesses they will lay which is Elijah and Moses they will lay in the streets of Jerusalem they will lay there for what three and a half days why three and a half days well why three and a half years God's got it down three and a half days Corey gets up at 3.33 every morning why 3.33 that's the way he's wired but you know, that's what, three and a half days and, and three and a half years. What can I tell you? That's what they, that's what they seen. And these, uh, these two witnesses, after they laid in the street for three and a half days, the whole world was watching, you know. And it says all of the, all of the people, you know, uh, that was around, the people of the world, what was they doing? They was rejoicing. And they was what? They was giving presents to one another. Oh, they were so happy. They were passing out presents to one another because these two witnesses was dead. But hang on for the rest of the story. Oh, after three and a half days. Oh, can I tell you, God, 
raised Moses and Elijah up. And they ascended to be back to heaven. He says, come up hither. And so they came up hither to heaven. And what did we do? You know, what, did, what, did, uh, what did John hear the trumpet say when the, when the rapture come? In, in Revelation chapter 4, the trumpet, it sounded, and it sounded like a voice that says, come up hither. And that's when John went up. That's when the rapture of the church went up. The door was open and we all went up. Well, can I tell you, there's a lot of pictures here just in these scriptures that you can see how, you know, God works. And you can see, just get a little taste of heaven, and you can see how God used these men, how God would take them in and use them for his honor and his glory to show people today, you know, how God is and how he works. And to show people today that unless you're born again, believer in Jesus Christ, that you cannot enter to heaven. Jesus said, I am the truth, I am the life, and I am the way, the only way. But well, he says also, he says, and he said, and then answered Peter and said unto the Lord, Oh, it is good for us to be here. Oh, see, Peter, you know, he was always saying stuff that he shouldn't be saying. Sometimes, you know, we wonder about old Peter. Oh, but sometimes, you know, his head mouth, you know, he'd put his foot in his mouth all the time. He said, oh, it's good that we could be here, Jesus. He said, what I, we need to do, oh, we need to build a tabernacle here for Elijah. We need to build a tabernacle here for Moses. And we need to put a build a tabernacle here for Jesus. Can I tell you? Peter was trying to put Jesus on the same level with man, and he is not on the same level. He is above uh, Elijah and Moses. He is above all of us. He is above the angels. But you know, you can't put, you can't use Jesus and, uh, and, and earthly men in the same sentence, doing the same thing, putting them in the same place, because he is above all. You can't do that. And that's what Peter was doing. He was trying to say, oh, he's trying to put Jesus on the same level with man. And you can't do that because we worship him. We lift him up high. You know, we don't lift men up high. Oh, we love our pastors around him, but we don't put them on no pedestal. We don't worship them. We come here to worship God. We come here to hear the truth of the word of God and worship God, not man. You know, and that's what we have to do. Oh, uh, Enoch was teaching in Sunday school this morning. Oh, Enoch, you know, he had a testimony. He left a testimony that he pleased God. And I tell you, that's what we're to do. We're to please God. We're not to please man. You know, when I get up to preach, when I get up to teach, you know, I don't teach to please y'all. I don't preach to please y'all. I preach and I teach to please God, what he wants me to preach, what he wants me to do, because he's the one I got to answer to. But, you know, but... But that's what it is, it's pleasing God. And he said, he appeared, Moses and Elijah, talking with him, and then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Uh, and while he yet spoke, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. Oh, guess what that is? That is a cloud, the Shekinah glory, even though it was still shining through the Lord Jesus Christ. And then guess who showed up? God showed up. Oh, God in his, all of his glory too, the Shekinah glory in the cloud. Oh, the cloud was light. And God showed up. And a voice come out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. 
you know, sometimes we need to kind of listen to God. Sometimes we want to sort of go ahead of Jesus Christ, go ahead of what the Word of God said. Well, well, I think I can do that a little bit better. No, God said, hear you him. He is the Savior. He is my son. He is my beloved son. He is my begotten. So hear, hear you him. That's why today we need to hear I mean, we don't hear God in an audible voice. We don't hear Jesus in an audible voice. But can I tell you, we do hear. We hear the word. This is the words of God. This is the words that he inspired men to write. This is inspiration, the inspiration of God that we're looking at here, that we read, and we can read the word of God. We might not hear it, but we can read it. We can read the word of God, what he has to say to us and what we're to do for him. But he says, he said, uh, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He said, hear ye him. He also said that when Jesus Christ, when he was baptized in the river of Jordan, when, when, uh, when John the Baptist baptized him, what happened that day? Oh, can I, can he come up out of the water straightway? Oh, we see here the, the sign of the, of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, which was uh, the dove that came down, the voice of God, which was God in heaven, said, This is my beloved Son, whom who I am well pleased. And then we see Jesus. We see the, the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all in one right there, the first showing of the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, the Trinity of God. And we see that. But we see here that, that he says, uh, he said, This is my Son. Hear him. Well, look what verse 6, look what the disciples heard. Look what they did. Look what you and I is going to do. When we hear the voice of God, when we stand before Jesus Christ, look what we're going to do. The same thing that John did, the same thing that others in the Bible did. He said that, that when the disciples heard, they fell on their face and were so afraid. Oh, they fell upon their face, prostrate on the ground, you know, and they was worshiping God. Peter, you know, with all of his, all of his funk and everything, all of his word, Peter was, was oh, he could not say a word. He was speechless. Peter, the only thing he could do was fall to the ground. Oh, can I tell you, that's a picture of you and I when we get to heaven. Oh, you and I, when we get to heaven, when we see Jesus, when we see that Shekinah glory, when we see those nail-scarred hands, what are we going to do? We're going to fall at his feet. We're going to worship him and praise him. My dear wife, when she went on to be with the Lord, I imagine probably when that breath left that body and she went on to be with the Lord, I imagine probably when she entered into heaven, you know, the first thing that she seen, she seen Jesus. She seen that Shekinah glory. And I know my wife down here, she had a bad back. She couldn't get up or down. But can I tell you, she was healed. She hit the ground and she was worshiping Jesus because he is worthy. Oh, that's your kind of glory of God. That's your kind of glory. Sometimes, have you ever got out in the, in the middle of the day and bright sunshine and you try to look up and look into that sun? You can't do it. I mean, you might do it, but it's going to blind you. You're going to see spots for 45 minutes. But can I tell you, that is nothing compared to the Shekinah glory. The Bible says that it is, it is, it, it, it is brighter than the noonday sun. 
the Shekinah glory of God. And, you know, he said, and this that, the, that God was just showing. He was showing his disciples. He was showing them just a little taste of heaven. He was showing just a little taste of what it was going to be like when they got to heaven. Even though they was on, on they probably was Mount Hermon, I'm on the highest peak in Mount Hermon, and they was in the clouds, that was a picture of them being in heaven, and they seen all these things. Oh, they seen, they seen the ones that had died. That tells us today that you and I, Oh, when we, uh, when we enter that city, when we enter heaven, you know, when we fall at Jesus' feet and when we worship him and, and we will be able to see the ones that has gone on before us because did Peter, James, and John not recognize them? Uh, Moses and, uh, and Elijah, they recognized them. Oh, they knew who it was. That's why I believe that you and I, when we enter into heaven, you know, we will know who our loved ones are. We'll be able to see them. But they're not going to be the only important thing. The most important thing is going to be Jesus Christ. Amen. Just like he was in, 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 in chapter number 17 here. Just like he was. It was, all, it was all Christ. It wasn't about Moses and Elijah. It wasn't about them, even though they was important. It was all about Christ. It was all about that Shekinah glory. It was all about letting them realize, you know, that, that, they, had a, that they had a place in it. Letting them realize, you know, that even though Jesus was going to be crucified, even though he was going to be buried, even though he was going to raise again the third day, he was going to send to heaven that Shekinah glory. That should give them a hope. But if we don't further, that still didn't satisfy them a whole lot. Oh, they still could not believe it. But can I tell you, he says, and he says, and when the disciples heard his voice, they fell on their faces and was a sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. How many people was it when they went up on the mountain? There was four of them. There was Jesus and three, and three of his disciples. How many people was it that they seen? They heard God. They seen Moses and Elijah, and they seen these others. But when they looked up, they seen they didn't see no man. And I tell you, only when they seen was Jesus. That is to tell you right there, Moses and Elijah, the prophets and the law, they, they faded away because when Jesus comes back, when Jesus died for our sin, when Jesus was crucified, He did it for us. He took our sins away. In other words, He says, you know. The law is no good no more. He took the place of the law. He fulfilled the prophets. I don't care, you know, how many prophets there was or what all they prophets. Jesus fulfilled a little bit of it. Every ordinance of the law, you know, that nobody could ever keep, Jesus kept those. He fulfilled the law. In other words, he done away with the law. The Bible says that he took the ordinances and he nailed them to his cross. He took them with him. And so today, you know, we see that this, this, uh, that Peter, James, and John, all this experience that they had, this is the only experience that I found in the Bible that compares to this right here. This is the only one that shows, you know, the Shekinah glory and God, you know, in the clouds. And, and it shows the ones that has died, you know, the ones that had died naturally that what God took up. And it shows the one that went up in the whirlwind, one that Elijah, you know, when he went up, you know. 
You know, a lot of the men, you know, when uh, the prophets of uh, the, the young prophets, you know, they thought, you know, well, they seen all this happen when, when Elisha and, and Elijah was there. And when they, when they seen that, that uh, Elijah went up in the whirlwind, you know, they seen God take him and, and they come to Elisha. And they said, Elisha, I said, we got 50 strong men here. We can send them over here in these mountains and we'll probably find Elijah over there somewhere. And Elisha told him, no, you can't do that. God took him. He's gone. They said, no, he's over here somewhere. So Elisha let them say, okay, go ahead. They took their 50 strong men and their strapping men, and they went over every mountaintop. They went into every valley, and they come back, and they said, we can't find him. What did Elisha tell them? I told you so. When God takes you, when God says he's going to take you, he's going to take you. Oh, can I tell you, this is a picture, a picture of Jesus Christ. This is a picture, a little bit of what heaven is going to be like. He was trying to illustrate to the, to the disciples, you know, about this. And he told them, he says, now when you get down to the bottom, he says, don't tell any man until I am raised from the dead. They had to keep that secret. And, and probably they didn't much believe it anyway, knowing Peter. And probably he didn't believe it much anyway. And he didn't because when Jesus Christ, when he was, when he was crucified, how many times did Peter doubt him? Peter doubted. He said, no, he ain't. No, no. He said, and he first told Christ, he said, he said, I will go with you. I will fight with you. I will do anything I can, but I will never deny you. Oh, but he denied him three times before the crop crew. He denied him three times. Jesus told him he would, and he did. Oh, what can I tell you? He didn't learn a whole lot on that mountaintop. But can I tell you, after that, he learned a lot. God began, Jesus began to teach him a lot after Jesus came back. And after he ascended up to heaven, he says, Peter, feed my sheep. Oh, if you love my sheep, feed my sheep. Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. Peter kept telling him, Lord, you know I love you. You know I love you. God, you know I love you. Why do you keep telling me this? Because Peter denied him three times. But he wanted to make sure that Peter loved him. And Peter loved him. I'm going to ask Jeff and him to come around, the band to come around and, and, and get, us a, get us some music or a song. And I don't know your heart this morning, but I know that God can do miracles. God did this miracle here in the Bible, and God let them know, you know, God showed up. And, and you know, everything, everything that God does, you know, we can count on it because we can believe in it. I don't care what it is, you know, you can count on God. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior today, if you don't have a personal relationship for Him today, I invite you to come down to these uh, altars. Somebody will pray with you and turn your life over to Christ and let Him deal with you. Let Him bless your life. Let Him take control of you. Stand with us if you would, please. I'll be standing down here. If any of you need to pray or need to talk, I'll be right here. Go ahead, brother.